are listening to the Dyslexia Mom Life Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Holcomb. You are listening to the 12 Days of Dyslexia with tips and thoughts to navigate your dyslexia journey. On the 11th day of dyslexia, yes, day 11, I'm sharing with you how to teach your child to be a self-advocate. We have had 10 amazing days with information, but these last two are so critical. This day, I want to talk to you about self-advocacy. So you absolutely are the best advocate for your child, but as your child gets older, it is so important for them to be able to speak up when they need things. So let's talk about that. One is at each stage, you'll have to kind of adjust this, but if you have a child that's in elementary, uh, you know, elementary, middle, high, college, all those may look a little different. So you may have to kind of um, revisit, I guess, this topic as your child gets older. But when you think about self-advocate, the first thing you need to provide for your child is you need to educate them in the terms that they will understand. You need to explain to them what their dyslexia looks like. You need to explain to them what it looks like in terms that they will understand. There are a number of good books out there that are um, geared toward children to help them understand dyslexia. We used one when we um, told our daughter she was dyslexic. Uh, There's been some recent really good books that have been released too. I'm actually going to have someone on the podcast here in the next couple episodes that's going to be talking about her book that's for children. So there are some great books out there. So the first thing is educate. You don't have to share a book. You just have to feel comfortable enough to explain to them in terms that they will understand what their dyslexia means. It could be as simple as, you know, your brain just thinks differently. Um, But what we don't want to do is is make them think they're broken or that although their brain is different, that doesn't mean a bad different, right? It's actually a good difference. And so we want to talk to them about how they think. You also want them to know how they learn. So if you haven't done a learning styles inventory, that would be something I'd ask my team about. If you have a school counselor or a teacher, ask them if they've done that in school to figure out how they best learn. And so, you know, like I'm a very visual learner. I like to see note cards. I like to use highlighters. Like there's a whole story about law school and how I use visual stuff to, to learn and how I drew pictures and how I wrote in the margins and You know, pink was for the facts and yellow was for the rule. I mean, there's just a whole methodology there. But our daughter is very auditory. Like she can listen, comprehend, and have a conversation with you. So, and then some kids are more hands-on, right? They're more what they call kinesthetic learners. And then sometimes your child may be, you know, maybe more than one way that they learn. And so, you know, you need to be aware of how do they best Uh, learn. So that way, when you're teaching them to advocate for themselves, they'll know what they need to ask for. So one is to educate, one is to, uh, part of that education is not only explain dyslexia to them, but also explain to them how they best learn. And that may be something that you have to continue to grow as they get older as well. And then, you know, having conversations, maybe even role-playing how they ask for things. And so they need to be also aware of if you're in a school where you're getting accommodations, what are their accommodations? I'm supposed to get extended time, or I'm supposed to go to another room to test, or, you know, I'm not supposed to do the 20 math problems for homework. I'm only supposed to do eight. You know, whatever that is, 
our children, it, it's not easy, right? But they're going to have to be able to be as successful as they can to get more comfortable with advocating for themselves as they get older and to speak up for themselves. So that way, when they're in the job, in a job or in college, they're able to speak up for themselves. They're able to advocate for what they need. And really, all children should be able to do this. Like, it's it's really a great skill that you could teach all of your children. But when you think about being a self-advocate, you know, at the early stages when they're just figuring this out, um, and this is another reason why our daughter's in an immersion school, because they really do focus on teaching our child to be an advocate. But when you think about things, you know, sometimes it could be like with our daughter, she's very shy. So sometimes she doesn't want to speak up. And so you have to really know your child well to know, you know, she's very different at home. Uh, have lots of conversations at home, but at school, she's very shy. So you have to know that too about your child. How do they interact at school? And then, you know, role play with them. Like let's role play a situation or maybe even if there's some times that you could test some things out, maybe there's something with the homework, you could have them follow up and ask the teacher a question. Maybe they could send the teacher an email. Maybe they could respond on, you know, if they're doing some type of of, uh, virtual learning, they can respond in some type of private message. So, you know, even if it's something small, which would probably be best at the beginning, you know, try something small that's really not that big of a deal to get them used to asking for what they need. So that way, when it does become kind of a, a big deal for them and they really need to be able to, have a particular accommodation or need additional assistance or intervention in a way, or they want to ask, hey, instead of, um, you know, writing out my paper or my presentation or project, could I do a video or could I do a PowerPoint or, you know, thinking outside the box as far as how they present material in the classroom, you know, our, our children need to be comfortable enough to ask for what they need and to give teachers ideas because not all of them realize they can get the same information in a different way, in a different medium. And if your child, like my, I mean, our daughter, my husband teaches video, but my daughter already knows how to edit video. And so like really short, simple videos, but you know, that for her would be more easy than her trying to write out a paper by hand when she's dysgraphic, right? Um, So some of those things you're going to have in your accommodations, but there could be times when your child thinks of an idea of how they could present material in the classroom and not feel, you know, um, feel more comfortable. It could be maybe if they're having to present something to the class, maybe they ask the teacher, hey, can I record myself at home, right? So you just have to let them have some ownership in that. And so as you start off thinking about the self-advocacy piece, now you're not going to do this the first week you find they're dyslexic, right? (laughs) Give them a minute to get settled. But as they feel more comfortable and they get a little bit further down the road in remediation and they're maybe they're even remediated at that point, keep that in the back of your mind that at some point you're going to want to start introducing to your child how to self-advocate. So first of that is telling them they're dyslexic, explaining to them what that means, talking to them about their strengths, talking to them about where they struggle, talking to them about being comfortable talking to adults about what they need and communicating that respectfully, obviously. You know, you want them to be uh, able to communicate things in a clear manner, but also do it in a way where it's received well. And again, if you've got that team and you're working together, everybody will get this. You may even let the teacher know, hey, we're going to try this out and see how this works. And so they can also encourage that, especially when they're younger, 
you could do some like self-advocacy pieces at home and try to kind of role play and then have them try to practice. And then you could, you know, if you've got one of those school years where you have a really good relationship with a teacher, you could say, I'm really wanting to work on some self-advocacy skills or with the school counselor even, and then let them know so that they can help your child and maybe even help that process along. So that way, as they get into middle school, high school and college, they will feel more and more comfortable speaking up or talking to the teacher privately or whatever that might look like to be able to articulate what they need as a student so that they can be successful. I mean, isn't that what we want? We want them to be successful. We want our children to be independent. And so part of that is teaching them how to advocate for themselves because we're not always going to be there for them in the educational you know, pieces. There's going to be times during their day that they need immediate help and they don't need to be texting us from school. They need to be able to handle some of this on their own so they can have self-worth, so they can feel self-esteem, so they can feel that they're in control of their own education. This is a huge gift we can give them. So on the 11th day of dyslexia, we are teaching our children how to self-advocate. So important. So you know the drill. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You've got one more day, but you've got lots more podcasts to come, lots more episodes in the future. So go ahead and subscribe. I'll wait. Subscribe now if you haven't done so. And if you have, thank you, thank you, thank you. Another piece of thanks I would love, again, it's the season of giving. I would love for you to share the podcast. You can share the entire podcast off of the share link, like the whole, like the topic of the podcast, or you could share individual episodes. If you've got an episode that's really speaking to you, or you're like, I loved episode number six, share that with a friend, email that to a friend, share it on social media. Cause again, one in five need to hear it. And you know what? I'm going to do that this week too, because I know when I was sharing on my own personal Facebook page, you know, I felt like, Oh, people are going to get tired of hearing from me. But the weeks I was doing that, people were saying, thank you. They were reaching out to me, reaching out to my husband and you know, having conversations with us and wanting us to help them when they were stuck because they they felt alone. And so you, us, you and I working together, we can touch more families and talk to more moms and help them not feel alone. So thank you for that. If you've left a review and a rating of the podcast, thank you. I appreciate you. Virtual hugs back at you. So I want you to have a great day. And remember, you got this. And I'll be back tomorrow with the 12th day of dyslexia. Oh my goodness, we've made it 12 days. I'm so excited. You are going to love the last day because you know what they say, I saved the best for last. You got this. Have a great day.